ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Scouts over relied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. like third and one for this team down the field who else hill at the 10 cut back touchdown touchdown and a leap we'll see 11 minutes to play in the half rust to throw for it and it is caught touchdown david moore for seattle Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast. Kendall, Jerry, what's going on? What's going on now? Hey, this season's starting to get away from us, man. I know I said this a couple of weeks ago, but it's it's really it's getting it's starting to get away. It's crazy. We are December second, and I am super stoked for today's guest. Yes, and later on the podcast, former NFL VP of officiating and current rules analyst for Fox Sports, Dean Blandino, will join us. But let's go and let's talk about week 12. Crazy, another crazy weekend in the NFL. Jerry, Kendall, let me get your thoughts. What stood out to me is in week 12 is the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they're, they're a hot mess right now. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's been awful. I mean, it was one point where they had Jalen Hurts come in and Carson Wentz on the sideline. And then um, Jalen Hurts completed pass. I, I, that one said Alshon Jeffrey. The next thing you know, Carson Wentz comes back in. I was like, what, what, are, they, what are you trying to accomplish there? So, I mean, you already got quarterback problems, then you create more problems by bringing in Jalen Hurts for one play and then bringing Carson Wentz back in. So, I mean, I think the Eagles are a mess. They had a chance during the end to 
drive down and win the game. But it's just it's it's a, it's getting bad in Philly. And I um I think Doug Peterson, he might be on his way out. And I think um this Carson Wentz, I mean, I know they they got him for the next couple of years, but we've seen we've seen things work out in different ways. So I mean it's just something to keep an eye on there in Philadelphia. Oh man, I mean the 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 wins that we thought were wins, they were not, right? And that's what's what's getting crazy. Is it is it the spotlight that some of these teams are under? And I'm not gonna, I don't have to call out anybody out in in, in particular, but you know, we thought we thought certain certain teams would would just walk through certain teams, and they were not able to do so. So, I mean. It's only getting interesting as the, as the actual year is or the season is coming to an end, and um, I expect more 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 of the same in these last couple of weeks now. What stood out to me is that Tennessee's for real. They went into Indianapolis and they dominated the Colts. Derrick Henry, I think he's a front runner for MVP in the league. Um, but in that overall, that team is solid. Uh, Rams losing to the Niners. Kyle Shanahan has <laughs> Sean McVay's number there. Um, you know, it was, even with the backup quarterback and Nick Mullins, uh, Raheem Moster did come back for the Niners, so he gave him a little bit of juice. Uh, but that was a surprise to me. Yeah, it seemed like Jerry Goss has been a turnover machine the past couple of weeks. I mean, he, he he had a couple of turnovers in Tampa. And then um, this past this past week against the 49ers, like, just like Fidel said, 49ers, have, they match up great. They match up very well against the Rams. And they've had his number. He threw a Second week in a row, he's he's thrown an interception through a defensive lineman. He threw one to Javon Kellogg, then he threw one to Jason Pierre-Paul. Like, so it's been it's been a mess for Jared Goff as of late. But when he plays a clean a clean game, they normally find a way to win. Um, you know the Rams, they got you know they got a pretty good defense, so they kind of they hung in there and they took the lead there. I think for like about three or four points, they took they, they took the lead there. Then the Forty Niners messed around and they came back with one with Jared Goff interception. So, but yeah, the Forty I mean the Forty Niners they're playing they play they always play good against the Rams for some reason. I mean, I just around, they really disappointed. There was a game they should have, like, I think they're going to look back at the end of the season and be like, yeah, that was the one right there, this game right here. Yeah, because when you look at it the week before, they came off a great win, and it was an unexpected win. And then the 49ers, who, who have been completely dismantled with their injuries or, or whatnot, and not even having their starting quarterback or their tight end, I mean, it's just one of those things where you're just like, uh, what is going on here, Rams? Uh, and, you know, maybe maybe it is. Maybe, I mean, Cal Shanahan and Sean McVay, they actually come from the same coaching tree, and they actually coach together at Washington. But, you know, I think the stat that, that's very interesting is that Sean McVay is a – if the Rams go into the halftime with the lead – they're actually 32 and 0. So that's something to to definitely take a look at for the future. Uh, and then we can kind of know more or less where the Rams where the Rams are going to stand for that game in particular. Going back to what Kendall, you, you were saying about the Eagles, that situation there in Philadelphia is bad. I mean, both, but you can't just blame Carson Wentz. I mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. And that starts with Doug Peterson, the head coach. And I think he might be in the hot seat. And this was the year for the Eagles to take that take that division by storm. I mean, that was out for the Cowboys. The, the Washington team, you don't know who they – I mean, you got Al Smith. He, he's coming off a, a career-ending in, injury. The Giants, they got a new head coach, and they lost Saquon Barkley. The Eagles, I mean, they had a pretty good draft, I mean, from their standard. I think they had a pretty good draft. I mean, I know some people – I've seen a report that it's, it was kind of divided that they kind of want Justin Jefferson from LSU, but they, they chose it. But they, they decided to go with um, Jalen Rager. So, I mean, it's – it's a lot going on right now in Philadelphia, but this—I mean—they—they're really missing out on an opportunity. They—they have to take—they have to they're probably take 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 advantage of it, and they, it's not looking good in Philly. I mean, it looked like the Giants probably going to take the division. I think so. Whew, it, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, that that whole entire division is up for right up for grabs, and for the Eagles just to kind of like just leave it there. For for you know for any team there's mm-hmm. a division especially with all the losing records that they have it's just insane to stop and look at it like man what the heck is going on with the Eagles there's actually something's wrong I mean there is something definitely wrong I mean it looks like for like I hate to say this but it looks like there's something wrong mentally not like in a bad way but I'm just saying like in a psyche kind of way I think that Carson has kind of been banged up and he's pressing way too much. You know, and I think that that's a bad combination, especially when you're trying to 
win and win the division. So, yeah, I feel like he's definitely hearing the chatter in the background. He knows, you know, that a lot of people are calling him out. Uh, and I think his confidence is shook. And I don't know if that's going to be able to be fixed there in Philadelphia if Doug Peterson stays around. Uh, but to me, I mean, the Eagles, I mean, they have no choice but to stick with Wentz just because of the money situation. Doug Peterson, uh, now that's a different question, right? I mean, do they bring him back? Uh, we know Jeffrey Lurie is very upset with the team. I mean, even last week he didn't even travel to the, with the team, right? So this is a situation that just overall does not look good for the Eagles. But with that being said, they're, they are not out of the race. That's the crazy part. Yeah, and then also, too, we got to keep in mind that Daniel Jones did get hurt and it looks like he's going to be out a couple of weeks, and it's going to be Colt McCoy starting for the New York Giants at least mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. Hmm. Yeah. So, when, you, when you look at division, I mean, if, if somebody would tell you that the Giants would be leading the division possibly, and, I mean, it would be second division with Saquon Barkley out and their starting quarterback out, and that could still be in position to win division, <laughs> that lets you know right there how bad that division is. Any team in that division still has a shot. Even the Cowboys losing last week, yeah. they're still not out of it. So it's going to go down. It's going to go down to the wire. Week seventeen. But like my biggest surprise of the weekend, the Raiders losing to the Falcons. That was not good. And how that offense did not score one touchdown. I mean, it's not. It's not acceptable, right? <laughs> I mean, people were kind of you know leaving the Falcons for dead already. But Raheem Morris has has this team playing a lot better. I think the Raiders, I mean, I just don't think it's, there's no place in the world for that type of performance that they that they had this past weekend. It, it, it was bad, I mean, and I, and I told the guys last week, if you go back and listen to the podcast, this game is a game, I said the Falcons will beat the Raiders, and I was confident. I, I knew what I called it. I just, I said the Falcons will beat the Raiders. I mean, I just, how can you, you come off of, um, you went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs the week before. Mm-hmm. You scored, you know, 30, 40 points. And then you come back the next week and you lose to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that's, that, that's already switched head coaches. The defense is terrible. They, they're they known for giving up big leads. I mean, this, and you don't even score a touchdown, two field goals. Yeah. Derek threw a pick six, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was it was bad, man. I just, I mean, the Falcons, they're playing some good ball and they're still alive. But how long can you trust them? That, that's, a, that's a question, right? Because, I mean, we've seen, we've seen them pull off some, some crazy wins there. Uh, I mean that's just insane, but I will I will give credit where credit is due, and I think Raheem Morris has done a great job as far as being able to pick up where, you know, Dan Quinn and uh, obviously uh, um, the GM right uh, where, where they left with what the with the talent they had there on there. So we'll see how they go for going forward. Yeah, I think Arthur Blanks is going to have a difficult decision to make at the end of the year. So. We'll see if Raheem Morris uh, sticks with the Atlanta Falcons and becomes their actual head coach. And then finally, guys, (laughs) the Baltimore Ravens played the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) over a week of COVID news. And even I think today they had a couple of players that weren't able to play because of uh, being on the COVID-19 list. Yes, it was was a pretty good game to start. Um, I think if the the Ravens had Ingram and and Dobbins and maybe even Lamar, I think they could have won this game. I mean, I know they, they they had a lot of starters out, but the game was pretty close for the most part. I mean, it, I mean the Steelers were one what they didn't win by a lot. So, I mean, so I mean, I just think that I mean with the with the with, with Baltimore threw out there, I thought I mean they thought it was gonna blow them out, but the defense kept them in. Big Ben made a crucial, a nice third down play where James Washington made the play. And I just think that um. It, it, it was it was close. It, Mike Tomlin wasn't happy after the game, and Big Ben wasn't either with the with the Steelers' performance. And you're starting to see, and I've been I've been saying for the past month, the Steelers, yes, they're eleven zero, but they're not unbeatable. They can be beat. You're starting to see it every week. It's small little things that they're doing. They, they can be beat. And I think maybe it comes in the next couple of weeks or so. But um, yeah, I think Baltimore could have won this game, and they kind of they missed a few opportunities, right? Especially right there before the half. Yeah, uh, man. The Steelers have been doing so good. It just looks, are they running out of gas? That's the question, right? I mean, I do, I don't expect them to go uh, undefeated, but I do feel that they're going to be a strong team in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure all they, all, all they need to do is just struggle off that, that one loss and be able to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. Final score was uh Ravens 14 Steelers 19. Now here's the interesting part. So Kansas city's only lost one game this year, right? Um, 
not too sure who they play the rest of the year, but they that might be their only loss. So, I mean, if you're Pittsburgh and you have a chance to go undefeated, that's probably what you're going to do to keep the number one seed. You got to play it out. Yep. All right. And then also, look, we got to talk about this uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation. So, uh, they're coming off another loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, which, I mean, the first half, they just steamrolled them. I think uh, Tyreek Hill had over 100 yards, almost 200 yards receiving, right? And a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we saw Bruce Arians kind of calling out Tom Brady at the pre- uh, press conference saying that Tom is the one that calls the plays. Do you guys feel like there's trouble in Tampa Bay? Yes, it seems like every week he's calling them out. Every since week, um, week one when they played the Saints, yeah. it seems like every week has been something. And um, I read a report earlier that Bruce Arians is not happy with Tom Brady's um, performance this year with all the weapons that Tom Brady has asked for them to add with Rob, with Gronk and Antonio Brown and Lashawn McCoy for that. Like, I mean, it's it's bad. That I think with Tampa Bay, I mean, Brady was in the system for twenty years where you where you're throwing the ball, where he's, he's throwing short passes, throwing throwing, he's getting the ball out like quick. If Gronk ain't open in the scene, he's gonna hit Elderman. And so now I think um Bruce Aaron, he, he's they're asking Tom Brady to do too much. They're asking him just to drop back in the shotgun thirty five to forty times a game and just throw it like no risk and no business. I mean, that's that's what that's what they asked him to do. And that's that's not his game. That's not Tom Brady's game. They need to run the ball. That's what you bring Leonard Fournette in there to do. Run the football. Ronald Jones, he's explosive. When he gets going, he can be he's, he's a pretty good running back. But I think um with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, these last few hits, the last last few weeks, he's been getting hit a whole lot. Yep. And and um Steve Spagnola, Spagnola, the Chiefs defensive quarter, he knows how to beat Tom Brady. So I didn't it's, it really didn't surprise to see me struggle there. He's he's had pretty good success against him. I mean, he just get out the Brady. You know he's not gonna move around the pocket. He, and you can you can ride him a little bit. But yeah, I think trouble's brewing there and we got what, about five or six, about five more weeks of the season. If Tampa Bay don't don't go far in the playoffs, it can be big changes there. Because I mean, I'm telling you, yeah, I think it could be big changes there because they can beat these the lower teams, the Panthers and the Char and these teams like that. But when they play the Saints and the Chiefs and the Bears about a good month ago, they were pretty good. But when they play the good defense, the good teams, they they struggle. And Tom Brady has not looked good, so. It's, it's something to keep out on there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this previously, and I think we just basically covered it. But, I mean, what's the two common denominators between uh, every quarterback that Bruce Arians has had? And interceptions. Interceptions. So, I mean, when you stop, you look at it, uh, this has not been one of Tom Brady's best years as far as touchdown to interception ratios. And, you know, we've always been we've always been accustomed to seeing Tom Brady – especially towards the last, you know, few years where, you know, he's designed to get that ball out in less than three seconds. And now he's airing that sucker out. So, I mean, could it be him? Yeah, it could be him. Uh, But then again, you know, they they have the plays that they've already uh, set. They say that these are the plays that are going to expose the defense's weaknesses. So we're going to do, we're going to put those uh, to go along with the, the actual play calling. But in the end, there's trouble in paradise in Tom in a, da- in a down year for Tom Brady last year. Now this is a, a Tom Brady's worst year. Now down year, he only he threw only nine interceptions last year. Mm-hmm. This year, he already has eleven interceptions, and we so he's on track probably for like maybe fifteen to twenty picks this year. And so, and when it's when this year we've seen from Brady when it's when it's bad, it's been bad. So so somewhere somewhere James Wilson he's sitting around somewhere with his laptop and he's just looking like oh. Like, it's what y'all brought. I, I, I could have done that. <laughs> Look, if Tampa Bay doesn't make the playoffs, I think there's going to be a lot of changes happening there. But I don't think Tom Brady leaving is one of them. If anything, I think it might be Bruce Arians. Coming up next, we will give you our week 13 picks in the NFL. But first, a word from our sponsor. Whether you're flexing your faith or customizing clothes, Lambs of God Designs is a place to go. Check out the latest merch at lambsofgod.faith. Use the promo code EASTWEST to get 10% off your order. Now back to the show. Let's give you our picks for week 13 in the NFL.
First game, New Orleans at Atlanta. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to rebound from, from their loss two weeks ago. And normally when I, t- when I pick a team twice, I know they kind of, they did it last week. I picked them last week and I, I still buy it and they, they made me look good. Now watch this week. They come out and it, it's going to be the complete opposite. But I'm still going with the Falcons. They're close. Where's the game at? Atlanta. Atlanta. So, no, there's like 10% capacity in there, 15% or something like that. I was hoping you you held this one off to the end. You know? <laughs> but, First on my list. I know, but it's okay. Uh, it's because it was going to be a bold one. I was going to say Atlanta. Yeah. I'm going to say Atlanta as well. Yeah, I think uh, Raheem Morris has that team rolling, and uh, I think they're going to expose Taysom Hill a little bit this Sunday. I think so too. Detroit at Chicago. <laughs> Matt Patricia is no longer the head coach anymore. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Bevel. Uh, he was the former Carol. offensive coordinator for the uh, Seattle Seahawks who took over. I'm going. I'm going with Detroit because the Bears are horrible. I'm going to Detroit. Yeah, give me the Lions in this one. Yeah, I like Detroit to, to come back from a horrible uh, Thanksgiving Day loss. Cleveland at Tennessee. This is a good game. This is probably one of the best early games. Cleveland at Tennessee. At Tennessee. I'm going to go with Tennessee, but I do not like it. I don't, I don't like it. I'm, go, I'm going Tennessee. I don't like my pick. I'm going to go with the Browns, and I don't like my pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I, think, the, I think the Browns have played some teams these last couple of weeks that haven't been very strong competitors. And I think they might get a little bit exposed on Sunday against the Titans as well. All right, Cincinnati at Miami. I'm going Miami. Man, I think I think I think if Joe Burrow was in this game, it would be a different situation, right? But I'm gonna go with Miami. I still I still believe in the Dolphins. Their defense is still pretty good. Who's starting for for the Dolphins this weekend? Is it Fitzmagic or Tua? I think I believe it's going to be Tua, but I think that he was dealing with an injury. That's where all the fuss was going on. Yeah, I like Miami in this one too. They still have a lot to play for. The bigger issue is who's starting for the Bengals this week. Well, I mean, with the Bengals, they don't have anything to play for anymore. So right. he does, and you expect them to count, come out and win. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. The Bengals, are, they're sneaky good in there. I think in a couple of years, they're right there. I, I would agree with that, especially with Joe Burrow behind the helmet. Yep. They just need to fix that offensive line. Yep. Jacksonville at Minnesota. Mm. The Vikings. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish the Jacksonville Jaguars would get a win, but <laughs> uh, it, it, on this one, the Vikings right now, I think that Justin Jefferson's already is playing at the elite level. Mm-hmm. And you got Adam Thielen, who is, oh my goodness, he's just sick. He's just a sick wide receiver. The way he just is able to catch the ball whichever way he wants. That's too much. It's too much firepower. And you still got Dalvin Cook. Hey, let's give Mike Lennon some love. I mean, a lot of people thought that that game was going to be one set against the Browns, and it was actually pretty close, and it came down to the end. Now, with that being said, I am going to go with the Minnesota Vikings as well. All right. This one might be. No, never mind. Las Vegas at New York Jets. <laughs> I was gonna say game, but that happened last week. Yeah, I think the the Raiders they're going to embarrass the Jets. I think they're going to come back out. You go, John Gruden. I have the guys ready this week. I was going to pick the Jets, but I'll, I'll just be afraid. I'm good with the Raiders. Um, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it on the record. I'm very impressed with the Raiders, and uh, I think last week it, it just was a slip up. You had a lot of you had a lot of players coming off of that COVID list. Um, and it, it just one of those things it, it gets into your psyche you know I mean the guy right next to you is not playing or the guy right next to you you know a lot of them didn't get to practice so uh, I think the Raiders bounce back in a big way yeah and congratulations to Derek Carr on the, the birth of his first daughter so shout out to DC uh, yeah I mean last week I think you know they just were flat they couldn't do anything on offense and I, but I do think this will change on Sunday against the Jets Look, the Jets haven't won a game this year. I don't think they're even trying at this point anymore. They want to secure that number one overall pick to draft Trevor Lawrence. So give me Las Vegas. Indianapolis at Houston. Wow. 
man. that's tough, man. Yeah, Texas playing some good ball. Oh, wait, wait, hold on real quick. Before we before we go further, Will Fuller has been suspended six games. Yeah, and they released Kenny Stills. And Kenny Stills is gone. And he so, also got suspended too. Yeah, yeah. So now they, they got the quarterback yeah. got suspended. Huh? Roby, the quarterback. Yeah. The, yes. Same thing. He's he's out for the year as well. So yeah, so now they got Kiki Cutie and Brendan Cooks and Brenda Brenda Cops. He's on IR for a couple weeks. So ooh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Colts, and they're gonna rebound this week. Yeah, I think Colts rebound. Uh, I think the Forrest Buckner was truly missed. I mean, come on, the Forrest Buckner is what six six, maybe six seven. He's a big guy. I mean, that's your that's your three technique penetrator that's gonna stop Derrick Henry. I mean, match him up against Derrick Henry. I think. We would have had a different game. I mean, I don't think Derrick Henry would have been able to run like we did last week. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts as well. I mean, Sean Watson has been playing lights out, but I mean, who's he going to be throwing the ball to? So give me the give me the Colts. Los Angeles Rams at Arizona. This is a good one. Connor's coming off two straight losses. Rams coming off a disappointing loss, disappointing loss to the um to, to the team to the Forty Nineers last week. Oh, this is a this is a good game. I'm going to Rams. I'm going to Rams. Yeah, I think that uh, when you look at when you look at it both, it's the game of the week. Oh man, if I'm gonna go with the Rams too, they they they. they they know that there's no there's no more playing around. They can't they can't lose any more games. So I'm pretty sure that uh, the le- the leadership that uh, Aaron Donald brings to the team it's going to show up in this week's game. Give me the Arizona Cardinals. I can't trust the team that lost to a backup quarterback last week. Well, hold on, hold, hold on a minute, man. Look at look at Kyler Murray. I mean, he looked lost, man. So yeah. Bill Belichick defense and a Rams defense, I think. It's just it's going to be a difference, and I think Arizona's going to bounce back in a big way. I, I'm, I'm, a, help. I'm a big Cardinals fan, though. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing the Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins matchup. Well, honestly, this game can go either way. It can. It's, right. it's a toss-up. Yeah. Look, I mean, between them and Seattle, I mean, everyone's trying to get the you know win the division, so it's going to be a very tight, contested game. And to me, it's the game of the week. But yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Arizona Cardinals. New York Giants at Seattle. Seattle. Man, look, this is a very important game for the Giants. Colt McCoy will be starting at quarterback for the New York Giants. Very important game. Seattle. I, I With that being said, I cannot trust the Giants. And uh, dang, there goes their, there goes their NFC East crowd. Give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I'll take Seattle as well. Philadelphia at Green Bay. This is a good game too. This is gonna be um the Eagles went into Green Bay. This was last year. They went in, they went into Green Bay last year, and and they beat them and they played good. I think Aaron Rodgers threw interceptions on the final play of the of that game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. I ain't gonna get I ain't gonna get teased. I ain't gonna get fooled by this. I'm going Green Bay, but it's it's, it's a good game. It's gonna be a good, pretty good game though. Yeah, the, the, I'll say I'll say this. Not only is Wentz playing horrible right now, uh, but uh. So is that rush that that rush defense? They're 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 not able to stop the run, man. Yeah. So if if Aaron Rodgers can't do it, they're gonna just beat the rock and they're gonna get they're gonna they're gonna hit a point. So give me Green Bay. I'm expecting another big game from Aaron Rodgers. Give me Green Bay. And he's so special, man. Real quick, real, real quick. Does Jalen Hurts get? Uh, does, does, does Carson Wentz get benched? Gets benched this game, or does Jalen Hurts get into this game? I don't, I don't know because to me, I mean, Carson Wentz still gives you the best chance to win. He does. They got to, they got to be very careful. He needs to be very careful. Um, well, I mean, honestly, he's, he's Jared, one injury away from from getting from yeah. losing his starting position. Yeah, but I mean, to me, Doug Peterson's coaching for his job right now. I think so. Too. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, who who can you afford to keep, Wentz or Peterson? So we'll see what happens with that. I'm go out on the limb right now and say it. Between the Giants and Seahawks game and the Eagles and Packers game, it's going to be an upset. I don't know which one. I just got it. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I think one somebody's one of them team getting upset. 
maybe we'll see some of that Colt McCoy magic. I don't know. All right, New England at LA Chargers. This is a tough game for me because y'all y'all know how much I love me some Justin Herbert, and uh, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I'm a Patriots fan. I know some people don't think I'm a I'm a true fan, but I'm a Patriots fan. But um, this for him, this is a tough game for me, man. I uh, I'm, I'm going with the Patriots. You know they're going to be out in LA for two weeks because they got the Rams next week. But let's stick to this week. I'm going with the Patriots in a close one. Um, keep an eye on the Gilmore and Keenan Allen matchup. So I mean, if Justin Herbert plays good and and the Pages lose, I'm I'm, I'm I, either way, I win this game. I'm, I'm gonna feel happy because I'm a big Herbert fan. I love my Pages, so it's a win-win for me. But Pages in a close one. So there's two things that that, that right now are, are up in the air. I'm not too sure. I saw a report: Keenan Allen and Mike Williams might not make this game because due to injury. Mm. So uh, I need to I need to research that a little bit further. Uh, that's just the early talks, but I'm gonna go and go with the Chargers regardless. I think that Justin Herbert has all the tools to just to keep firing away, and I don't see that same kind of firepower from Kevin Newton right now. Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. We know what he does, and I don't expect anything difference difference in this game. So give me the uh, New England Patriots, Kendall. Now I know that your heart's torn into pieces because you own a Justin Herbert jersey, right? Yes. Okay, but you're a Patriots fan, so I'm a I'm a Patriots fan, now, and I'm a Justin Herbert. I always I've I've called out just I've been a Justin Herbert fan since the beginning. Since we started doing this tape, so y'all I know how much love I got for Justin Herbert. I wish Justin Herbert the best, just not this week. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then well, hey guys, let's be honest. I don't think the Patriots are out of the the playoff conversation yet, right? So, um, Bill Belichick against Rick quarterbacks. Yeah, give me the give me the Patriots. All right, Denver, and it looks like they'll have a quarterback this weekend at Kansas City. Man, the Chiefs are going to roll the Broncos. <laughs> I'm going Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, I don't even have to even think about this one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Monday Night Football. We got we got a doubleheader actually. So Washington at Pittsburgh. Steelers. Well, yeah, go ahead and give me the Steelers in this one too. I don't think Alex Smith can drive the ball down the field because it, 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 to beat the Steelers, they're, they're going to take their running game away. And the Bud Dupree got hurt. He, he's out for the year. Bud Dupree did get hurt to an ACL. But I don't think um, Alex Smith, he's, I mean, my buddy Shannon Sharp called him check down Alex Smith. But I, I don't think, I don't think, I mean, with Alex Smith, he just, he doesn't drive the ball down the field. I mean, he, he's, he just, he likes those high percentage throws and whatnot. I think the Steelers are going to kind of get after him. And that game, that game is in Pittsburgh. So I, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. And it's going to be a the, 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 the thing is that the Steelers defense is too fast. And I think that that right now, um, Alex Smith has, has struggled with the defenses that are very ferocious and very, very fast. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Now, I do believe this game is going to be closer than what a lot of people think. But I like the Steelers in this one. All right. Buffalo at San Francisco. It's actually in Arizona. So the Niners will be playing in Arizona for the rest of the year. I'm going to go Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, give me the Buffalo Bills as well. All right, and we got some Tuesday night football action as well. Dallas at Baltimore. Dez Bryant, he, hey, he gets to play against his former team. The Cowboys, you know, emotionally running high. Jerry Jones, I, I can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be a good one. Um, He didn't end well there. The Ravens are coming off with three straight losses to the to the Patriots, the Titans, and now to the Steelers. It's gonna be, I think, it'll be a pretty good game. Expect Dez Bryant to score a touchdown, but I'm gonna go. I got a feeling about this one. I think Cowboys gonna win this one. I think the Cowboys gonna win this game. So I'm gonna go um, 23 to 17 Cowboys. I think Lamar Jackson should be back for this game. I'm gonna go Ravens, but like Kendall said, I think it's gonna be a very close game. I mean, we saw what the uh, Cowboys did to the Vikings a couple of weeks back. Um, so uh, I just think it's gonna be a close game, but I think the Ravens will do enough to get uh, to get the win. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson's more than likely gonna be back for this game. I mean, both teams are still playing for something. They're playing for their playoff lives, but uh, I think the. The Ravens were just going to be a little bit too much for the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm going to go with Baltimore as well. And that's going to go and wrap up our picks for Week 13 in the NFL.
Coming up next, rules analyst for Fox Sports, Dean Blandino, will join us. Make sure you stick around. Our guest tonight is former NFL VP of officiating and current rules analyst for Fox Sports, Dean Blandino. Hey, Dean, first question I want to ask you is how did you get into officiating? Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting journey. I had, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily something that I was exposed to uh, when I was younger. I'd played football and, and played a lot of sports, loved, loved the game, loved the NFL. And, uh, and when I graduated from college, I just, uh, you know, I grew up in New York. I went to school in New York, the NFL's, you know, NBA, MLB, they all have offices in New York City. Just sent my resume, um, just took a shot in the dark. And the NFL called, they had a couple of internships open. I went in and interviewed for a couple and uh, they offered me the one in officiating. And uh, I didn't, I didn't have any knowledge about officiating, but I said, Hey, it's the NFL. I just want to get my foot in the door. And I started as an intern and, uh, and that was the 1994 season and uh, fresh out of school and, and just worked my way from that point. And, uh, and it became something that I was really passionate about. All right. And then also, Dean, the NFL season's almost over. Uh, what role changes do you think we'll see in next season? Well, I think they're going to they're going to experiment. Obviously, this this offseason was different with COVID and, and it was kind of a, a, an abbreviated offseason. There wasn't the normal rules meetings and things like that. Uh, we didn't have a preseason. So I think the league is going to definitely take a look at um, more uh, getting replay involved, kind of a sky judge video official type concept where uh, the replay official can help out with different things. If there's an obvious mistake that maybe it's not reviewable, maybe it's a face mask or something like that, where they could, they could help out and give the on-field officials information in real time. So I think that's something the league is going to look at. And obviously, so we saw last year that, you know, after the Saints and Rams NFC championship game, the pass interference, call came into play it was gone this year but do you see that coming back and actually leaving that up to officials instead of coaches yeah I, I don't know it didn't go very well last year and one of the issues because pass interference is such a subjective call and normally with instant replay you're 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 dealing with um, facts right the ball hit the ground or the 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 knee was down things like that with pass interference it's it's not just was there contact before the ball got there, but was that enough contact to restrict the receiver's ability to make a play on the ball? So it is very subjective. Um, didn't go very well last year, but I think, uh, you know, the league will continue to look at that and, and potentially expand instant replay as the technology continues to get better. And, and as long as we don't, we don't make it too, uh, you know, obtrusive, like interrupt the game too much, I think it's, it's a good thing. All right. Thank you, Dean. Hey, good evening, Dean. Hey, Kendall. Hey, uh, I want to stay on the pass interference. Do you, could you see them changing the spot foul pass interference rule in, um, in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's something that the competition committee has discussed in the past, you know, looking at the college rule, right? The college rule, it's either the spot of the foul or 15 yards. And uh, if it's beyond 15, I think one of the concerns with going to the college rule in the NFL is because the NFL, you have, you know, these are the elite athletes, the best of the best. And would you, would you negatively impact the deep passing game? Whereas if I'm a defensive back and I know I'm beat uh, and we're 30 yards downfield, I might just, you know, take my chances, play aggressively, you know, grab the receiver because the worst thing I could do is get 15 versus giving up a touchdown. So I think that's always been the concern with taking away the spot foul. Uh, I'm sure it'll continue to be discussed, but but I don't think that is something that I, I would foresee in the near future. Do you um do you think it's more problems officiating in the XFL than the NFL, or is it probably about the same? Uh, I, you know, I think football is football. So whatever level it is, you know, I enjoyed being a part of the XFL, and 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 it was. Uh, you know, it was really good football. What what I loved about the XFL is that you know we kind of had you know, more transparency. You were able to listen to the on-field officials, listen to the replay official. So obviously the NFL is the best of the best and it's the fastest and, and, and it happens so quickly. So I think that's probably the, the highest level of officiating, but the XFL wasn't that far behind it. Yes, appreciate it. And um, lastly, me, Fidel, and um, Jerry, and everybody and their grandma, they know it was a catch in Green Bay. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, can you break it down why I want to catch? Uh, 
you know, that was the rule at the time, you know, it, it, you know, when you're going to the ground, you have to maintain control all the way to the ground, the ball hit the ground, it came loose. You know, that rule has been a rule that has been debated and tweaked and changed over uh, many years. And there've been a lot of plays that have been, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson, Dez, a lot of other plays that have been discussed over the years. And, uh, you know, I've been a part of that. And that that's something we're always going to debate catch, no catch plays. Appreciate it, Dean. Got it. Hey, Dean, this is Jerry. So, uh, Dean, I did a, I did, a, I did some homework on you. You know, okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, I, it's just one of those things. I, I, I try my best to, you know, get to know the actual individual or guests that we bring on. And I've learned, like, you know, you actually this the NFL was your first job, so to say. Like, you know, your, you like you said, you did an internship and you you got chosen for that one. Also found out that you are a Giants fan also along the process and you and your family. Um, so uh, <laughs> let's just jump right into it. Right. I, I have a couple questions. So, yeah. so, and, and this one is this one, this, this question, I had tried to ask Steve White this question and just a side note, I try never to ask the same question twice, but this question I think it, it's it's a little different. So you know, with the Steve White attempt, I it was ruled a not catch, right? But anyways, aside from the jokes, yeah. uh, in what ways did that 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 infamous call change your life in general? I, I mean, I've also learned that you have a very tough skin, so so uh, I know that in, you know you. I'm pretty sure you can just brush anything off. But in what ways did it change your life as far as when you had to make that 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 infamous call? Well, you know, it, it didn't change it much. When you get involved, what I learned about officiating right away is that you're, you're not going to make everybody happy. And a lot of times you're going to have a lot of upset people, no matter what you do. So sometimes there are decisions that you have to make that are going to be unpopular no matter what. You know, one, one team's fans are going are gonna to hate it. The other team's fans are going to love it. And so you learn that right away. Um, you know, that particular call didn't, didn't change much. I've got thick skin. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, there are a lot of people out there that, that will say a lot of crazy things and, and, and a lot of mean things, but that doesn't like, I never take that stuff personally. I, I've dealt with, you know, coaches on Sunday night or Monday morning who are upset that just lost a football game that think the officials, you know, screwed something up. You just get used to that. And it's just dealing with people. In my experience has always been pretty positive with people once you get to connect with them one-on-one -on -one or meet them in person. Whereas a lot of people on social media, sometimes uh, it is very negative and especially when it relates to officiating. But, you know, that call didn't change my life very much. You're always going to, you're always going to have controversy and when you're in officiating and you just kind of deal with it. I just, I always wondered if you and Des ever caught up afterwards, you know, I mean. Yeah, you know, I, uh, we, we kind of played around a little bit on Twitter and I was actually at the Cowboys facility that spring doing, you know, meeting with the coaching staff and Des had just left. So uh, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to, to see him in person, but you know, I, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy to see him with the Ravens now and back yeah. in the league and, and on the roster. So uh, you know, I, I hope he does well and, and we'll always be, you know, we'll always be connected because of that call. So I, I, I'm, I, you know, I always root for him and him to do well. That's awesome. Also, let me ask you. So nowadays, you know, for the young, the younger crowd, right. Or, or any, anybody in the middle of, the, of, you know, in the middle of their age or, you know, at the back end, women or men, if they want to be an official um, is interning the best route, or is there a better route that maybe perhaps, you could uh, explain, and if you could just add to it, what would their work-life balance look like if they do make it into officiating? Yeah, it's so my 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 road was different. You know, be, being an internship, having an internship at the NFL office—that's not something that that most people uh, you know get that opportunity. I was really lucky to be in that position. Um, most, most people who start out in officiating, they they start out officiating. Uh, you know, you know, little whether it's peewee football or, or junior high or high school, they, they start at that level. And then they kind of just work their way up. A lot of times it's, you know, you talk to football officials, they just got started. They were in college. They wanted to make some extra money. They'd work a couple of games on the weekend 
and they just fell in love with it, or it's people that played the game that wanted to stay involved with the game and they just worked their way up. So just like anything else, you, you start at the lower levels, you get to high school, then you get to a college conference, maybe division three or division two, and then ultimately you work your way up to uh, division one. And then, and then the very few that are lucky enough to get to the NFL, um, they make that jump. So it's really just contacting the local high school association, getting hooked up with the group of officials. You know, they meet now it's all virtual meetings, but they meet during the season on a weekly basis, learning the ropes and then, and then getting out there and, and officiating. So that's, that's kind of how the, that's the normal road for people that, that become officials. Interesting. And uh, how's that work-life balance look like? If you're in the NFL, yeah, it's so you know you can imagine you know I've been involved in officiating for oh you know over 25 years and you don't football season is tough because you're working seven days a week you know when I was at the NFL uh, you know coaches keep crazy hours they're working 80 90 hours a week you're on call pretty much the entire time and uh, and so you're working a lot of hours you don't get weekends you know during the fall uh you know christmas time thanksgiving you're working those types of things so you really have to to make an effort to maintain that work life balance um and a lot of that is in the off season we're taking time to to spend more time with your family your loved ones your friends things like that so but during the season it, it, it's pretty hectic and you think about an uh, an official you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are working other jobs during the week and then they get on a, a plane or they drive to their, to their city that they're going to work the game on Friday or Saturday, work a game over the weekend and then start all over on Monday again. So it's, it's a lot and, they, and you really have to work hard to maintain that, that good balance between the, the work and your family and your loved ones. Well, that's, that's insane, right? But I got one more for you. So, you know, you've worked for the NFL, right? And, and we've seen you on Fox. So you've worked, you've, you've, you've been able to, to work for, for the NFL directly and for Fox. So if, when you compare the two, which one have you enjoyed the most and why? Yeah, that's a good question. I I've enjoyed both for different reasons. I loved being a part of the NFL. Um, that's where I kind of grew up. Like you said, it was my first real job out of college. Um, and, and so I grew up there in my professional career. And then I loved, I love being a part of the game. I love game day. I love talking to coaches. I love being a part of the rules committee, the competition committee and, and looking at ways to make the game safer and make it, make it better. So that was, I love that about the NFL uh, with Fox. It's been great because I've, I've been able to see a different side of football and, and I get to see on the, on the TV side and the production um, learn that part of it. And I've been, um, you know, exposed to so many really great people. And, and the other thing is I've had the ability um, now not working for the NFL. I've had the ability to, to, to do other things like, like work with the XFL and I work with the NCAA. So I've been able to branch out and do some other things. And that's been a real blessing for me. So, so I've loved both organizations and, uh, and for different reasons, but they've both been amazing to me. I will say this. I like, I really enjoyed the last call with you and Mike Pereira. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's and for, of- and for those that are interested, we're, 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 I mean, I know I've seen it on YouTube, but is it yeah. available just on YouTube? It YouTube, Facebook, the Fox Sports app. Um, you, you know, I'll usually if you follow, if you go to my Twitter, my Twitter page at Dean Blandino, I'll usually tweet tweet out a link. And that's, you know, Mondays, uh, we, uh, we do it every Monday during the football season at, uh, you know, at 4.30 Eastern. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Probably about a half hour, we talk about officiating and rules and plays and, and some other things. I make fun of, of Mike Pereira, so it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Well, Dean, thank you so much for your time with me. You got it. Hey, Dean, real quick before I let you go, I just want to ask you, what's been the most controversial call you've been a part of? Well, I, I think certainly the Des play is, is, has been the most controversial um, just because of, you know, it was a playoff game and, and, and the rule was very controversial to start with. So I think that's probably the one I've been involved in, in, you know, so many, so many big calls over my career that I can remember. Uh, you know, I was in the replay booth for uh, going back the, the Patriots and Giants, the David Tyree, the helmet catch, you know, I, I, um, even Patriots uh, Falcons, when the Patriots came back 
and uh, with that comeback, and, and Julian Edelman made a, an unbelievable catch in the fourth quarter of that game. There were so many, so many calls uh, that that I've been a part of, and uh, but I, I definitely say the Des play is definitely the most controversial and the one that that kind of sticks with me. Uh, and I still get reminders every. I feel like it's almost like every day I get a Cowboy fan just, hey, I didn't forget about you. You suck. So. It's- <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dean. Well. Hey- we appreciate your time and we all enjoy all the work you do and hopefully we can talk to you down the road. Yeah. Thanks guys. I'd love to love to come back at some point. All right, Dean. Thank you so much. Got it. And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West football podcast for all your latest news and updates. Make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Electric Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A list, the F list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.